You're listening to the A Scully Cast, brought to you by www.ascully.com. And here are your hosts, A Scully and Sid Talk. We was just uh, say, saying, uh, I was pre-show, saying, pre-show discussion. I was saying how I use the um, keyboard a lot in Windows to do a lot of shortcuts, like Control V and Control C. And Alt-Tab and Windows D, that kind of shortcut. And I say, oh my god, what century do you live in? Oh, right, number 20. I mean, seriously, why would you, if you don't have... And then your your argument is, yeah, but if my hands are on the keyboard, why would I want to reach all no. the way over to my mouse? I'm like, and I say to this guy at work, too, because he's like you, kind of semi-nerdy. I don't put like, my hand on the mouse. Where do you keep your mouse? Like, in the kitchen? Like, it's yeah. right there. Well, let me say, I don't actually sit with my hand on the mouse, generally. I've got both hands on the keyboard, right? Yeah, so, but I'm saying it's like six inches. Look at that. Boom, boom, boom. Yeah, but uh, with one how click. about you don't even move at all and you just launch a program? Seriously, I'm not that much of a slug. I mean, gee whiz. I'm not a big... No, it's not a slug. It's just efficient. Like, <laughs> oh, it isn't efficient at all. Uh, one click with the mouse. He, one thing the guy at work gives me crap about is, or has, you know, hinted about giving me crap, is that I use my mouse to... Uh, highlight different programs I have open if I have them all full screen. Like at work, we have several things going once, so I use my mouse, click at the... I keep my taskbar at the top. click and... between them instead of alt-tabbing. Yeah. But I alt-tab, so... Yeah, but why? It's like right there. Because my hands are on the keyboard, not the mouse. You sit like this. And yeah, I, when I'm, I'm typing something, yes. You're not typing constantly. This well, is my argument. It's like an old school thing. There you have a new tool. And well, it's not exactly new, that tool. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I've had that, that for 20 came, years. Af, yeah, if I had something else I can use, I'll try it too. But yeah. I just think that argument of people, and then all this bullshit about, oh, well, and the notepad thing. Oh, I use notepad all I the time. I do use notepad. <laughs> it, it comes from a simpler day. I was brought up from the age so, of 21 on com- my first computer I ever bought for myself. Got a loan at the bank. That was 1991-92. So I was well... Later, you've probably had your computer when in the mid '80s started getting computer of some kind, gaming devices and whatnot. No computer, 80s, the kind of computer where you had to type in yeah. 500 characters to get a little game Commodore to work. 64. Right, I never had any of that. My first there computer, was no mouse with a Commodore. My first 64. computer had a mouse and a keyboard. It was a 486 DX, <laughs> crazy with 60 megahertz, 60 six zero processor. Like, yeah, six zero. That's it. Megahertz. Mine was a... My first piece... No, 300 megahertz, I'm sorry. Or 130? No, my first PC was, was a 133. Like a, yeah, 133. That's yeah. what it was. 133. 60 megabytes. Was it? A or hard drive space. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, which, like... But it came with the... And I had never touched a keyboard. I mean, I had never touched a computer before. I had used a cash register at Jobs, but I'd never touched a computer at all. So I, I, I remember that feeling of coordinating the mouse, you're moving your hand, and this thing floating around on the screen, which it sounds really like, how could anybody think that's hard? Because children now, you start doing it when you're, like, too little to know the difference, right? I remember that. So, but that's how I learned. I knew how to type and everything, but I didn't know. I didn't, I came up on Windows 3.1. You know, that's that was my introduction. So... The thing about the keyboard, oh no. And then someone trying to tell me, oh no, 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 it's much more efficient if you just learn all the keyboard. Yeah, really? You think I want to spend like a year of my life memorizing all those shortcuts that you use? And you just told me 
crazy that you memorized the the number order of the shortcuts in your task bar. So like Windows quick Media launch. Player is number one, your quick launch bar. So Windows Media Player might be number three. Yes, and I do. Google or your, uh, you know, whatever, Chrome is number seven. Why would you have to memorize that when you can just click it? It's kind of automatic. That's To me, I'm just in awe of that because... In, anyway, let's... Like, in, um, in a feared way. So... <laughs> to conclude on that overly long speech uh, opening thing, the way you do it is the correct way. Correct. And my way is wrong. Correct. Thank you. Okay, so this is um, after the show number 124. <sighs> I love hearing that. <laughs> okay, so this is after the show number 124. The movie we're looking at this... Well, before we say what movie we're looking at, this is a podcast about... <laughs> not about computers, if you... If you, you probably I feel like out you by fell now. off the chosen path. It's about, uh, we do a movie review every week, and this week's movie review is the movie Invictus on Blu-ray disc. This is a 2010 movie, released in 2010. On IMDb it says 2009. It is actually 2009, because um, it was up for an Oscar, wasn't it? Also. Correct. So it has to be a 2009 movie, 2010 Blu-ray release. It's released on Blu-ray and DVD, Tuesday the 18th of May, so you can get it now. That's in North America. Uh, it's available on Blu-ray and DVD, and it's from our friends at Warner Brothers, hence Clint Eastwood. Um, and you're going to tell us what it's all about. Invictus is about... Nelson Mandela, was, we, we know the the history, I think most people would know, was in prison for 27, 28 years. South African prison for political, like a political prisoner. I think if you and I of our age people, we kind of recall the days of apartheid. I was in... in a, uh, University of Missouri at the time, so there were students rising up to boycott South Africa, all that stuff. So it's that period of time, 94, 95, right? Nelson yep. Mandela then becomes president. In this movie, he's become president. Um, and they portray him as a man who's kind of fixated with rugby. And I think that's possibly a true portrayal. Like, I mean, he's just a dude, isn't he? Like, President Obama might be a huge soccer fan, and that's just the way he is. He can't uh-huh. help it, right? But he sees it as an opportunity because he sees that the country is split, that the black South African community always roots against the South African team. Whoever's the other team. No, they always root for the other team. They root against their South African team because it represents white power apartheid. And I think, I don't know, but in the movie it portrays Mandela as a man who sees this as the most basic way to get people to just drop that at least just for a minute, you know? I think it's very clear from the movie and from reality. We all live a life. It, it's not, it doesn't solve everything, but it doesn't matter. He sees the long term of humanity, I think, and not just like, for now, this is, we can't do it. And so he decides to, the team wants to, uh, or this black community wants to get rid of the colors and the name of the team because it represents, and he says no. If you take that away from the minority, which is the white community... It's bowing You're ripping to them. them down. So we forgive what's happened. We don't forget. We forgive. That makes you stronger. We, and we all rally behind this team and whatever. But it's not in your face. And we'll get to that. But then, of course, he kind of connects with the captain of the team. Because um, they're not winning. They're not doing very well. And it's basically just sort of a intimate but kind of a standoff look at that time frame. They're going to the Rugby World Cup. Will they win? Will they not? How will this affect each individual little person and pocket of people? And it's a one of those like motivational, but not in your face motivational movies. I found. 
It's like um, I'm moving on to the discussion now. Yeah, like okay. a different take on a, a Nelson. It's not the Nelson Mandela story. No, it's the Nelson Mandela story in this very small niche, particular moment, chapter of his um, political life. Well, it became. It's like literally, it takes up the movie like the day he becomes prime minister. Right, president. Um, president. Sorry, uh, I'm too British to uh, have president. Oh, babe, you can't be too British. To stumped into it. You know. But anyway, um, it takes <laughs> up that day. and uh, Should I move closer? You should uh, be fairly close to it so people can hear you. Oh, yes. That's good. So, yeah, it take, takes up that day. And a lot. I'm, I'm imagining like a lot of people don't know the sport of rugby. Me? At all, maybe. I know nothing about it. I mean, it. I do, being British, because rugby is like, pretty much a secondary sport when there's no soccer as you call it, football, there's mm-hmm. rugby. <clears throat> it's the other the other half of the year, basically. So it's like our football fills in for baseball and basketball. Yeah, we have like it's, a it's a huge deal. Like, um, Rugby World Cup's a huge deal, and, you know, England don't generally do that well, but... Let's just stop here and say, rugby looks like a kick-your-ass kind of a sport. Well, I mean, it's hardcore. I did rugby at school, interestingly enough. Not I didn't choose to do rugby, you just had to, like, yeah. you know, in PE. And yeah, it's totally rough, because, like... You can just knock each other down, you each yank other on each other's shirts. When I mean, you're in the scrum, which is where they're all, you see, you see. Give us a, give me, this is my interpretation. Okay. The whistle blows, everybody sticks their heads together, the ball somehow leaks out into, like, there are well, dudes, there are dudes kind of standing around, this is my take, dudes kind of standing around waiting, like about three or four dudes, and they're looking at every little possible hole between the legs and the thighs and the feet exactly. and the arms. And pretty soon a ball comes rolling out, and somebody grabs it, and then they can only throw it to the side, to the side, to each other, All and back. then run with it. And then they tackle each other. And then when do you make a point besides when you... Like, so, why did they get kicks? Why, why does that That's happen? the same as in American football. After you've scored a touchdown, it's not called a touchdown mm-hmm. in rugby, but when you've gone over the line at the end, then you get you a free you just run kick. over the line with it. That's yeah. Like, okay, okay. Yeah, and the kick counts as another point. You know, same as your... But, um... Yeah, the scrum is basically like all the men get in this big woven kind of, together with yeah, arms and legs together. and heads all, and they're fighting. The ball's thrown in the middle of that, and there's arms and legs and all kinds, and you're trying to get the ball out to your men, right? Not okay, them. so, so that's is there a plan that. in there? Like, can you make plays and shit like that when you? Because that seems impossible. It's, it's really a um, man against like... man battle in inside that. Scrum. And then when it's the ball, and it's funny, you look at these dudes and they're standing outside, just like looking and looking, and then a ball rolls out, and then boom, they take off, and then they have, I don't know, it just looked like I didn't make any sense to me. Now that's that's um, with this movie. I feel that that, that it doesn't make sense to a lot of people who don't know it. It's kind of a a battle for this movie to win over people who don't get it. Yeah, and it didn't have to for me, to be no. honest. I got an, I got the idea that it's a rough, spirited, kind of like stripped down sport. There's, there's nothing between you and your opponent. No padding. No, nothing. It's you, and it's like real heart. Like... It's a gutsy sport. It's not like, you know, football, your kind of football, or the actual football, whatever you want to call it. I'll call yours football and mine's American football. How's that? Yeah. It's not like football, where it's a little bit elite, isn't it? Because you're kind of tossing it around with your foot, and nobody's really engaged unless somebody's dirty pooling it. You know what I mean? In football, you don't see... You see some, like, you know, kicking in the thigh and shit like that, but it's not like this. This is full-body contact sport. So I got that. 
So I didn't need the movie's re- responsibility is not to teach me rugby. It was kind of interesting. No, but what I was get, what I'm thinking of here is, I understand rugby, and that the end, literally the last thirty minutes of the film is a rugby match, mm-hmm. um, and the way it's filmed, it's not really filmed in a way that you can tell what's happening. It's kind of filmed in this odd, kind of disjointed manner. Um, I was watching it as a person who understands rugby. And I felt a little bit disjointed from the match. I mean, I get the overall gist mm-hmm. that, you know, They're one team's winning, their, one yeah. team's not not winning. So what? Um, but I was thinking to myself, somebody, an American audience, for instance, who is going to be a big audience to watch this movie, Morgan Freeman. Um, Matt Damon. Will they be lost at this point with the... Will they be bored of this sport, Pat? You know? Um... I will say about seven, eight minutes into the, that that sort of because it's fairly long that end scene. It is. Yeah, I wasn't bored, but because I didn't think you know, and I don't understand American football either fully. I don't understand no. downs and shit like that. But I understand when someone gets the ball and they run, they're going to make a touchdown. If they get tackled, then the other team might get the ball and they got to kick it and all that shit. Roughly, I know. So I kind of, but even but then I realize even if I'm watching uh, any given Sunday. My mind starts to go like, okay, I get it. You know, but this movie, I think the way it's edited, you get enough of the people, like the people watching the match at home. I think the it's guy, more edited in that way. The president watching the match from the stand, you get a glimpse of that and you get enough of that mixed in throughout each match, actually, to make it not... In fact, there's interesting, uh, it's interesting the way he, Clint Eastwood, looked at the match because... There's scenes at the end where the match is taking place where the camera literally just looks at the stands at the people. Mm-hmm. Not even not even individual people, just like it's right. thousands of people because the idea for is, a long time. Like, you know, this is what Mandela's point was. Bringing I want people. yeah, I yeah. want even for one day for my countrymen to drop our history and our anger and our frustration with politics and each other and violence and this is this is the best we can be. So you see the whole of the crowd a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Cheering together like the colors going up together and you know you it's made a point that it's not just the white uh, citizens it's everybody. So I, so I find it a really interesting movie because mm-hmm. it deals with a sport that is lesser known and it deals with a political situation that I assume I mean it's, it's well everybody knows Nelson yeah, Mandela yeah you know Nelson Mandela but still lesser known this president. particular can you believe he's 90 years old yeah right? exactly and this particular story of him getting yeah. behind this rugby thing is a lesser known story so the whole film is a hard sell I think to it's a, a, it's a little fighter I think because yeah. you you know, you see Matt Damon on the cover. You might watch it because it's Matt Damon. Fair enough. You know, I you know I yeah, um, I'm going to be drawn to some people. Morgan Freeman, yeah. right? I get it. And once you're in it, though, because my expectations of movies are different. They're wild. They vary from movie to movie. Really, mine is more like I have never seen a movie about Nelson Mandela. Yeah, I'm yeah. not a humongous fan of Morgan Freeman. I love him, but I think he's overrated. I love Matt Damon because I love born movies, and I just have liked him since the first thing he ever did. But that didn't draw me to it. It was like, hmm, Matt Nelson Mandela movie. And sports, I could give or take, you know, does no big deal. But that caught my attention. And I hope people will, like, don't look at it like, oh, this is a sport movie. It's, and- it's actually interesting in that way that the blind side 
which was another Oscar-nominated yeah. movie. Invictus was Oscar-nominated, and so was The Blind Side. Now, I am not into American football at all. In fact, an American... Yeah, right. The thought of an American football movie, to me, is kind of boring. Like, I'm like, oh, Except really? for Any Given Sunday. You like that one. Yeah, but not... It's it's my favourite of those kind of <laughs> movies, but it's not still not... You know, it's still a, dealing with a subject I'm not really interested in. So, The Blind Side, when I saw there was an American football movie, I was also, like you... I don't know about this one, but when I watched it and realised it was about people, not football, which is, Invictus is the same thing. Yeah, yeah. It's not about rugby, even though rugby has a big deal in there. It's about politics, but mainly people. People, people. Yeah, like how, you know, how, you know, obviously there's a racial tension damaged, thing. Damaged, a damaged country. Trying to repair something. Like a man trying to repair something. Or not trying to repair or it, I men. think. Um, I don't even think that the other guy really understood. Maybe. No, at least in the movie. In the well, in the movie. Uh, yeah, I think that it was more healing of himself. I still feel he didn't understand the. Because you get a glimmer of he's in in the beginning. Matt Damon, the, char- the he's the captain of the team, right? And in the beginning, his father sees that Mandela's president, and he makes some comment about how the country's going to go to hell now. But the Francois Matt Damon, you can see the way it's portrayed, he doesn't really want to go the route of his father and be that sort of separatist. Yeah. And you know, this movie also reminds me, once again, where do white people come from? Where do we light-skinned white people come from? Where did we start? Europe. Okay. Why don't we just stay there? Why do we have to infect the whole world? Think about every country. Like, that country is torn apart because... European settlers, entrepreneurs and whatnot came there, right? And basically, whatever. America, same thing. Canada, same thing. Every country that's got people of color, it's like we just weasel our little way in there. I don't, it's like so frustrating. I'm not saying take back everything I have in life. I'm just saying it highlights that to me. Like how can that country, South Africa and Africa in general, massive piece of the planet covered with people, be dominated by a very small minority in such yeah. a horrible way. Not till 1994, according to this movie, were people of color even allowed to vote in their own country. Or even allowed to know anything about Nelson Mandela. Yeah, that's what the guy who wrote the screenplay. The real, He's white. He, there. he was a white kid. <laughs> but because the government controlled what knowledge you could have. You weren't allowed to know anything except apart that from he was the evil. fact that he was the devil. And he was a terrorist. Yeah. And he said then he got out of South Africa when he was a grown man. You know, that's hard to believe, but it's true. Yeah, it's totally true. I mean, then I said afterwards, why did why did women in America only get to vote in, like, 1920? What a load of bullshit. I mean, it's like, that kind of movie really sparks in my mind, like, this weird human thing we do. And large scale. For nothing more than power and money. And, like, well, our lifestyle is much more refined and dignified than yours. So we're just going to come in and take over. And you will either comply and become one of us, and we'll still treat you like shit. Because look, you've got dark skin, I've got light skin. Therefore, you will always be—you'll always be you, and just a little bit beneath me. And if you don't comply, then you will be relegated to be poor and shoved into like, and just apply it to every country. So, and it doesn't make me angry and like riled up. It just makes me think, wow, how I mean, can that man? Sorry to cut you off again, but like he saw through all that for a very simple thing. Let's rally together for nothing more than a sporting team and rise above it, you know? Well, yeah, that's uh, a lot more apart from that. I mean, Yeah, but I mean, the idea is 
if for five minutes you drop your prejudice for someone who's sitting next to you that five minutes ago you thought, oh, I've never talked to that person. And then you look at each other and realize we both care about this one same thing. How could we hate each other I so just, much? I actually, because what you know about Nelson Mandela is just a side, you know, things that you hear in the, you know, throughout the years. You don't really know, like, personal... And you, I feel that these are real person because they really met with Nelson Mandela in this two, two, right? And the guy knew, you know. So I feel that these personal moments, what you see in this movie, are who the man really is. Like I feel like you really kind of revealed some of him. And some of the most amazing scenes in this movie for me, and I mean, is I think it's a great movie, and there's so you know a story that needs to be it's seen. It's spellbinding to me. And it there are really, some parts really... in it that are like actually you know um very poignant and one of them is where the um council for sports are having this meeting and uh they're they're trying to like get rid of the colors of the uniforms of this rugby team because it remind you like you said before it reminds them of um apartheid. apartheid so they're trying to get rid of the name get rid of the colors and Nelson Mandela turns up at this meeting and stands there and says that whole speech about that's exactly what they would want us to do. Don't do that. We'll do the opposite, and then forgiveness will come, and all this kind of stuff. That's a really amazing yeah. moment. The way it was done, I thought it was ama- with the because also a lot of this movie is from the eyes of the bodyguards who Nelson Mandela hires, who happen to be like half white and half black, and they've also got a little few. Not individually, <laughs> there are some black and some white. Well, Not like. <laughs> Well, yeah, they've got a few going on between them yep. because the black guys were the, you know, Nelson Mandela's bodyguards and the they white kind of guys like were immediately, leftovers. Yeah, like, the, you know? the black guys that were um, his already bodyguards, I think, came into this position of power of mm-hmm. some degree thinking, this is it, we'll get our own men in here. And then when he sends in, like, four Cause he's Because Nelson, Ma- were... Nelson Mandela's like, I don't care what color they are, these guys are really highly trained, they're like... You know. They're highly trained, and regardless of the fact that you and I both know that they've probably done very nasty things to people of color for no other reason but because that was the policy at the time, I will not forget what they've done. But if we re- if we push them away for that, then we're doing the same thing they do to us. Yeah, so he has this, I'm bigger than that kind of mentality. Like uh, it's, it's true, one person at a time, isn't it? You are the... De- you are the you, your fate is in your hands because of your mind. What you think of things. Right. How you push through life is in your mind. And the world, all it wants to do is push right back. It wants to peep, you know what I mean? Like, And I feel like that is a... It's one of those... It's not a little story, right? But in the terms of the whole world, it's just a little pocket of time in a country. Which it didn't, didn't heal the whole country or anything, but people still remember it. They had people in the movie who talk about remembering it was only 1995, so it wasn't like, you know, 100 years ago or anything, that it sticks out in their mind. And for some people, it probably was a pivotal turning point for some communities and whatnot. It didn't solve their problems, but that's what I get from the movie. It's not about, dun-da-da-da, here comes Super President to solve the world's ills, because humans are wretched humans, wretched wretched things, Um, some humans. And that's what he's fighting against, really. Yeah, definitely. And the other poignant moment I was talking about was uh, a moment where... It's a real small moment. I thought it was really well done, where the 
that's the matter that goes for a walk every morning, like at 6am, 5am, before the world's functioning. He goes for a little walk, and his bodyguards meet him at the gate, and he goes off down the road. And he meets, and the two bodyguards are there waiting, and there's always this dialogue between them that's very business-like. It's not, it's not particularly... Not super friendly. It's not like the bodyguards will have a massive conversation with him. It's like, how are you? How are you? How's your mother? How's your family? And one of the bodyguards has him... Well, he says, how is your family? Nelson Mandela says to the bodyguard, how's your family? And he says, how is yours? And there's this odd... And then Nelson Mandela says, I don't want to walk today, and goes back. Because he stops and says... And then the guy says... My family is 42 million people, and... And then you see... And then the guy says to him, like... And it's just an insight into Nelson Mandela... Um, that you don't think of it that way and this this kind of highlights that that he was incarcerated what 30 years and his family disintegrated like because and now when he is the president he's he doesn't have any family like he's he's just this man who's in charge of all this stuff and and only because of riding that wave i don't think it was it doesn't it never seemed even when you watched it you know at the time it never seemed like a plan. It was like um, he was a, 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 a symbol of something more than here's a man who's qualified. Not that he wasn't, but I mean, it wasn't like a Barack Obama or a George Bush or somebody who spent their entire life working up that political ladder to get there. This is a man who was had a pause button put on his life for however many years for political I don't know why he was in prison originally but I always heard him he was a political prisoner so I don't know what that means exactly it could mean anything right? it could mean anything yeah, yeah. Wrong, um, you have the wrong views or whatever you... or you've done something or led a movement to something and then they just decide to lock you up and that's part of apartheid I, I, from the little I know about it that it wasn't like in America or England and you know we can be delusional and think it never happens but just because you disagree with the government in our countries, you don't go to prison. Some will argue that that's not true. But in that country, it was allowed. They could put you in prison for Yeah, what do you call that? Political mm, prisoner? Dictatorship? <laughs> dictatorship with the illusion of democracy. Yeah. So, yeah, there's these little... Uh, that's one of the moments. And the other moment, which was really poignant to me, was like on the eve of the World Cup game, where Matt Damon is kind of looking out of his hotel room window... At the, and his wife comes to visit him. It felt like <laughs> somebody on the precipice of something. Yep, like, I agree completely. Like almost like Matt Damon didn't really know the <coughs> levity of his involvement in this, and I felt all that from that scene. It's just a small scene where his wife comes and she says like she's kind of like let's have some sex or whatever, and he's like no, I need to be angry for the game. But then he's looking out the window and I'm, it's. From I agree. That, from nothing, you get a whole lot of stuff, is what I'm getting. I agree, completely. So now, one of my favorites is uh, Mandela goes, his daughter is there, and there's some tension between them. Yeah, you them. feel that too, but He's, don't really understand it. He walks in it. the room, and she's looking at a newspaper of him shaking hands with Matt Damon, because Damon because they're going to do this soccer, the soccer, this rugby thing. And she, he says, what do you think? And she says, like, it doesn't matter. And he's like, no, it does matter. And she said, well, he looks like the man who forced... Yeah us out of our house while you were in prison and I don't like seeing you shake his hand and I'm not alone. And he says he tells her that she's being selfish. That selfish thinking you have to forgive. And you can see on her face, that woman was awesome. There was no, there's no like, this is Nelson Mandela, he's my father and a great man. There was, I have suffered in my life and you can't heal it. I don't care if you try to heal this country, you will not fix it. So he pulls a bracelet out of a drawer and he says, 
I couldn't throw it away. It doesn't belong to me. And she's like, oh, your if my mother right. left it, she meant to throw it away. And she dropped it in his hand. And you got like this, God, it just doesn't I mean, matter. There's this whole backstory there where his family is broken. You, yeah. Which, which they don't really delve into. Which is good because you're seeing this, exactly what you said. Here's a man. He's just on his own. He's got his assistant lady. And that's the closest he's got to, to anybody. Really. I mean, you there's do no, feel like, that he's personal alone. joys. It's all about... And then I do feel personal joys when he's at a rugby match. Yeah, totally. And he's, like, absolutely into it. Like, it is, that's, you know... That's awesome. It's a... So for the, us to both pick that up. I mean, I think that must be... Yeah, there's stuff some in magic there. there. Yeah, and I do believe, like, because that, that scene I just talked about in the hotel room, there's not really anything to that scene yet. I come away from the scene thinking, holy shit, I just... Something just happened inside, like, I've... Yep. I got 50 things out of that, and... If I look at it, there's nothing to it. It's just the build-up to it and what happens afterwards. It just fits perfect. You can give a little credit to the actors, maybe. Well, and the, and the <laughs> script and the di- the whole yeah, thing. Totally. Like, I think it's really well um, put together. Um, if I had to say anything wrong with the movie, me personally... Let me guess what it is. Can I guess? What? Don't always understand what everybody's saying? No, not at all, because I do understand the I had South a couple Africans. of moments I, don't, I, don't. I couldn't understand. No, it's more it's more just the length of the, the rugby scene at the end. I felt like it could have been whittled down a little bit, even for my tastes. And I get, I didn't find it. It's not quite as exciting as like watching a boxing match or something. It's like I mean, you have to be into it. Now, and I get the drift of it because I mean, it is the crux of the whole. And they do. It is an exciting game. It goes mm-hmm. into extra time, etc. And if you know the real life, nineteen ninety five World Rugby World Cup. It's As we all do. The suspe- well, some people do, and the, the suspense isn't there for those people either, is it? The rugby fans, because they know how it ended. Um, so I don't know, it just felt a little... I don't know, though, I really got into the the guts of it. Like, I mean, this you is do a- feel that. Yeah, that's what I started focusing on, was not only what you said about the Matt Damon moment when he's realizing, like, or it's dawning on him, like, holy crap, like, what am I... What have I got myself into? This is bigger than me. And then when they're just on that field, totally great, banging on each other. Then I was into watching that, thinking of those men on that day really doing that. It just seemed like there's a, uh, yeah, and it was, there's a lot of shots of the same shot of Morgan Freeman, like, standing up, putting his arm up. And then uh, then the same, it just seemed extended to me, like, Mm. almost like. They used all, like you say, Clint Eastwood probably doesn't throw much away. Like, yeah. they used all of it. So, that was all it was for me. Because the rest of it, I was... I mean, any of the first... What? No. Anything... Hour like, and 45 minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's I all... Know, it's I absolutely see. compelling. Like, from the moment, the very first shot where it shows you the people playing rugby and the people playing soccer and the... You know the. You can call football, baby. It's your sport. Well, right? you know, I have to like pander to <laughs> No, you don't. But you, but you know what I'm saying. It, it, from the very opening scene, it's it's a compelling because they they have you know like a lot of films do news reports uh, being read in the background at the beginning to kind of bring you to speed about apartheid and why Nelson Man- you know Nelson Mandela. Yeah, because if you were much younger than us, you wouldn't be aware of it. You wouldn't all. get the situation at all. And like I think that's what Matt Damon said in one of the extras. Like this story is an important story for people to know, like, because it needs so. to be, um, you know, captured. Like, I didn't know about the story. Not that, no, not at all. Not about that story. I mean, not about the rugby story. Yeah. So, I mean, that is a great... I think it's your observation of here's a man who's 
lost everything and got everything at his fingertips at the same time and the only joy we see portrayed is the spot when he and he keeps a chart of it in his office and he's always asking about Which it a lot and he's always thinking of, a lot about of, it even though we're not sports fans sport means a lot and if you wonder now some people. he's 90 but it showed shots of him because Morgan Freeman went to meet with him and the producers and all that and he's reading his newspaper I bet you the first thing he looks at are the rugby yeah. matches you know so exactly it kind of strip away all the other stuff and if he had his way and if other people of like mind who just want the world to just be you know let's live and live live and let live kind of thing you would want that to be all you care about every day is the thing you love I would want to be drawing and painting every day you'd want to be playing video games but there are individuals in this world individuals whose minds and what they think and believe make it impossible not races of people not religions of people not uh, political view minders of people, individuals who make the bad stuff happen. And if if someone like Nelson Mandela's pure joy in life is watching a rugby match or talking about rugby with the players or whatever, we all have that. Why does somebody else's have to like kick the shit out of it all? Also, thinking of another point, poignant moment, um, which I really liked, was that shows you like a behind the Nelson Mandela public figure is when he's sat in the back of his uh, limousine with his assistant and he's got the newspaper and he's saying he's got it's got all photographs of the rugby team on it and he's trying to remember all the names of the faces so when he does meet them he can say the names like, right to show how much he like you could look at it one way and say you could look how at manipulative it as a PR thing yeah yeah like, and you could look at it as, as that's how he you know, he, he feels that that people. He wants to connect with that know. person for a split second, and again, you could see it as a manipulation or as a genuine thing of like, look. And the one guy even said it because the the new bodyguard says to the bodyguard of the previous president, "What's the difference?" And he said, "No." Uh, Damon asks him that, and he goes, "Well, with the previous president, we're all in, we were all invisible, but with this guy, he found out once that I like English toffee, and he brought me some English toffees from England." And he and wants us to he's smile. Like, no one is invisible, and he wants us all to <laughs> smile all the time. So, you know, it sounds simple, but I'm telling I I preach it a different way, really, to people is that it's in your mind. If you come to your job and you're miserable, unless something really wretched and horrible is going on in your life, which I cannot discount. You know, diseases and problems with children and illness and whatnot. You can't just wish it away, right? But you still have control in your mind to whatever, even if it's the tiniest thing. Like, you know, of how you interact with somebody or how you just plod on through the days and of your life and or hours of your days, you know. And I like that thing where he just wants everybody to smile. Just that. Even if you don't feel it. Yeah, because that changes things. <laughs> As you're pushing people away from me, please smile yeah. at them, you know? So uh, the cast of this movie, I, we've only put a few people down because there's a lot of people in this movie. People you won't recognize, people you do recognize a lot of, I don't know, uh, South Africa. Kind of one of those, yeah, you'll be like, well, I've seen that guy before. Yeah, I, f- I saw one guy who was in District 9. I didn't write him down, but... I like wondered, because I saw a couple people I the thought The coach were guy, fun. like uh, the oldish bald head guy. Like a... Uh, Part of the coach team. The one who says, like, I'm going to get them all fit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was from District 9, that guy. And I've seen him in something else. But he is a New Zealand guy. I I know who he is. Um, Anyway, Nelson Mandela is played by Morgan Freeman. I think he played it really well. I think 
it's perhaps my favourite Morgan Freeman role. I agree. Like, really. I mean, I expected it to be kind of hokey at first. I feel like his level of respect... Yeah, that was... For Miles Mandela as a person, just I mean, how can you not respect that man? Right. Anybody. That that made him probably feel extremely obligated to not be shitty. And he, <laughs> and he literally, like, went as far as, like, getting his walk. Like, it, it was a, a proper character piece. Like, he... Yeah, yeah. He impersonated... Not impersonated. He took... Embodied. Parts of him. And, <laughs> yeah, from the walk to the... Just the way he... Smile and the laugh. And the, and the accent. You know? I mean, it's not perfect, that accent. But no, but Nelson Mandela doesn't talk with a streaming kind. He always... Every no. speech I've ever seen him, it's always very... It's stilted up, isn't a little it? Bit. Which is what he does. Well, it's... It's like deliberate. Yeah. Every Like word. a public speaker. Yeah. <laughs> so, and then we've got um, Frances Peña. Is that how it was said? Francois Peña. Yeah, and he was played by Matt Damon. And I think Matt Damon, and I've said this several times, is... One of my favorite actors, I like agree literally, like of all time. I mean, I have a lot of favorite actors, but he's really high up because I feel like he can do anything. Like it, he just puts his guts in it to me. I mean, I feel like even though he wants to come off, you see in the extras, people say, "Oh, he doesn't want to be treated like a star." I still feel like he might have a bit of that. And I his feel head. that that just happens. He's a bit, yeah, like you're... a bit of a prima donna person. Like when he said, "I wanted to do this role." Yeah, it, it was a supporting role. role. I so picked up like, on oh, that too. When he said that, I was like, "Don't, don't say, say shit like that," because it makes you sound like a prick a little bit. But then you're just so generous-hearted that you go ahead and take. But whatever he is behind the scenes, he's awesome on the screen and. You know, I would believe Matt Damon was a South African guy in this yeah. movie. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that accent is... Because we're not South African. But that, African, that uh, accent is great. I, I I mean, he added coke It's an interesting him. accent, isn't it? It must be an amalgamation of hundreds of years of different countries coming there. French, there's English, and there's African. a British tone of accent. There's, But Africa, in Africa, there's tons of languages. Yeah, yeah. So it's a very interesting that South African thing. Australian, is a, very, a little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah. And New Zealand, yeah. the New Zealand team when they come out and did, they're like the Samoan guys. You know what? I was going to mention that that when they one of the problems with this team is they're a little they're not very they're not loyal behind they're not totally into Mandela. They're all got a bit of racism. It's hidden. They're all a bit different. No, yeah. I mean, they don't say it out overtly, but you can tell they're not into the whole African black nation kind apart, of a thing. Apart from, I get the gist that Matt Damon's character, yeah, he is wants with Mandela. Yeah, I mean, he is. But, but he's also. But the their type problem who has been they're not. They don't have a cohesive thing to get behind when they come in to play the New Zealand team, and it's a mixture of uh, the Polynesian or the. Samoans. Yeah, and with white men, you know, it's a combination of people. And they do this, like, ab- it's not aboriginals, are they, in New Zealand? I don't know. Like, the original tribes people. They do this really loud <laughs> yeah, dance. Most people have probably seen So you get the idea, that, right? that team is kicking everybody's ass. And they have gotten over their differences. And they embrace this thing of all the culture that was there before. And they're, I mean, that's kind of one of the things I got from that whole scene. That was kind of cool. So, yeah, Matt Damon does a fantastic job, good accent, um, really good, really um, heavy scenes, I think, some of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and he just does it well. And I mean, subtle. There's some subtlety there that you don't get from other people, I think. And then I've got Tony, I can't say this one. Tony Gorg. K-J-O-R-G. <laughs> so it's got a lot of... And he plays Jason, and that's also a hard name. <laughs> African names are hard to say, South African names. Um, anyway... This guy plays Nelson Mandela's main bodyguard guy, Jason. 
who I think was amazing. Really good. Because he had a lot... He had to say a lot of stuff without saying stuff, if you get what I'm saying. There was a lot of... Tension between he and... Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Just him having to deal with these other guys and... And he understands that Nelson Mandela is a walking target every yeah. minute of his like life. Like he's And he takes all that on board. Nelson Mandela takes none of that on board. It's but, almost as if he thinks whatever will come will come and this guy takes on the whole worry of it. Did you not think the part, a part in the movie, not to spoil anything, with an aeroplane was amazing? It was, it was weird and amazing. Was I you, to look was that you up. kind of like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was like... Is this going to end no, up I'm thinking, I'm thinking, did I hear about yeah. this? Or there's something I... Yeah. yeah it was yeah. really good. I, 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 it was left field. I was like, what I don't know hell? what's happening. I don't know. Feels bad. Um, this feels very bad. Yeah, it was good. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so... Uh, last, but... This guy who played Jason, uh, really good. Uh, really and last good. but not least, I've got this... Uh, and look at that name. <laughs> Ajua Endo. And uh, she plays name. Brenda Mazibuko, who is... The assistant, the assistant to Mendel. I right. know, I was like, all the way through the movie, I know this woman, I know this woman, and it figures out she's in like eight episodes of Doctor Who. And she's so. really awesome. And then there are she scenes when, in the car particularly, and he, she's in the middle of two, of he and another dude, and they're talking, and she's just, she's looking at her binder, and, and like, she's totally in every single scene. She's helping. And, and there's one scene where they're sitting there, and he's watching a match, and they're in, like, the living room, and he's like, how if we do some work? And she, they've been told he needs to rest, and she's like, no, you can do it after the match. And he says, I am the president, yeah. you know. And she just looks over her shoulder at him like, well, and there's one, there's one part I'm still going to tell you what to do. Right at the beginning where they go to see a first rugby match, and they sat together, and it shows you a side of Nelson Mandela where he turns to her and says, I know we're watching the match, but why don't we work as right. well? Right, like, and so he can do both. He yeah, can, he can yeah, yeah. Do, yeah, so, you know, there's quite a lot of that. Uh, and she... She's she awesome. Good. Yeah, so, and yes, like, there are a lot of people in it. There are a lot of professional rugby players yeah. in it. Um, and everybody's good. I mean, there's the occasional real football player, a rugby player that Clint you can Eastwood's tell. son is in their small part. Yeah. Um, Very we, we didn't know he was his son. You thought he was... Grandson. And I said... Because he's only about And I had to look, and I was like, let me look. Oh, yeah, the eyes, they look very Eastwood. And then we went and looked him up, and he's one of Clint Eastwood's children. Born out of a relationship, yeah. a side relationship from a relationship he was already. Yeah, it sounds a bit um, complicated. Yes, because he has six life. children with four different women. Yeah, exactly. So bringing us to the director, Clint Eastwood. Yeah, six children with four different women. Yeah. <laughs> he's directed that. Uh, maybe not so well in his personal life. Let me just run down a couple of his movies. Uh, Gran Torino... Changeling. What's his name again? Clint Eastwood? Okay. Uh, Gran Torino Changeling, which uh, Very good. was really good. Um, really good. Uh, Million Dollar Baby, Space Cowboys, Perfect World, Kevin Costner. Oh, wow, yeah. Uh, Unforgiven. Awesome. Uh, awesome. Firefox. Do you remember that one? Barely. Awesome. Uh, Mystic River, The Iger Sanction, Good, the Bad, and the Ugly. I've um, never seen uh, Josie Wales. I've never seen... I love Josie Wales... Magnum Force, Dirty Harry, you know. If you haven't seen Mystic River, don't watch the extra about the yeah. documentary about Clint Eastwood because they tell you, then I don't, you know. It kinda... Well, there's a lot more to it than that. Oh, I know, but. Every Which Way But Loose with the orangutan. Mm. Uh, I mean, you've probably seen a Clint Eastwood movie, let me. <laughs> yeah. You've probably seen one somewhere along the way. Um, He's really. I need al- to watch Space Cowboys again because I remember Space I liked Cowboys it. Space Cowboys was actually excellent. I liked it. I like any movie like that. I liked the um, Farmer, uh, yep. the one with Billy Bob in there. Astronaut Farmer. I like those kind of stories. Underdog stories. Yeah. Um, 
But yeah, I think, you know, Clint Eastwood, no denying, he's a legend. I mean, and one fight we found out about him today that we didn't know was like 33, was it 33 of his 35 movies? He's directed himself. Yeah, I didn't know. I thought Unforgiven was like the first time. No, he directs <laughs> all of them, like, apart from the spaghetti and westerns. composes music. Yeah, he's... Um, and he writes. And he has been with Warner Brothers this entire time, like... Um, it looked like they gave him his own little chalet or something there like on the lot. Like yeah. his own little uh, bungalow. A soundstage named after him. Um, you know, that you know. just means he wrote him yeah. a big fat check. He, what did he, he made a funny joke about if he had, yeah, Eastwood he didn't, Brothers. Yeah, he didn't like, push it far enough to get his name on the tower, water yeah. tower. But, but you know, um, he, like, uh, he's well, in a, terms of this movie, what did you think of directing? I think this. I think he's a craftsman. I craftsman, think. yes. It's a very well paste yeah it's it doesn't come across you know when we've talked about um movies that we've watched where it feels like a cookie cutter guy comes in and just makes a movie you can't really see anything with clint eastwood movies there's a there's an overall quality it's like it's it's music it's um cinematography it's who he picks to be in the movies i don't know that you could say that's a clint eastwood stamp though because there is nothing distinctive about it. I think the cinematography is quite distinctive. It isn't glossy. It's very still. Um, yes, very still. Yeah, like uh, tells any of the it. story. It's very, it's like as they say, it's utilitarian. It tells but very the story. well lit and 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 very. It's still. That's what I get. Like he likes a lot of two people in a room talking. Like even Million Dollar Baby, which is like an action kind of. Uh, even the fights in that don't feel. They're not terribly kinetic. It's like. You're close up a lot. Yeah, yeah. So I do think there's a stamp to him. Like, mm. I mean, maybe to his later movies. Yeah, but you just said we didn't even know he directed all those movies. So no, that, we didn't know means... he directed them, but... Because, like, think, if you watched think... a handful of movies, you would go, oh my god, Quentin Tarantino had to direct yeah, that. Yeah. You wouldn't think or... that about a Clint Eastwood. But I do think it gives me even more respect for Clint Eastwood to the fact that not only has he been in all these amazing movies, and not all of them are amazing. I mean, Every Which Way But Loose is an amazing movie. Mm. Um, Dirty Harry, Dirty Harry is not an amazing movie. It's all right. I, I mean, I I digged it in its time. Now it's a little bit dated, isn't it? You know, mm-hmm. the Deadpool was like a weird. You know, it, it wasn't a the mag. You know, the Dirty Harry series wasn't all quality because it kind of was crappy in the middle. Like, yep. You know, so he's not a genius and everything's great, but he's hit more times than he's missed. I think he's got like a quiet, like the solid thing about and uh-huh. you know and those the three spaghetti westerns that he's in good bad and the ugly the 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 ones that he didn't direct um they're amazing they're my favorite cowboy movies those three movies I've never and watched them. they're coming out on blu-ray in like a month or so all three on one disc which i, I will get that because after playing red dead redemption i'm <laughs> on a bit of a cowboy kick you know because you don't see a lot of cowboy movies now no um, it's a shame because it's a good subject. You know, is it? It really is. It's a good. If it's well, we watched Deadwood. That was Cowboy it is, and, uh, and that's like you know, and that was great because like you were like, wow, I've not seen anything like this for, a, if ever, on TV. A, a grown up, yeah, look at the Wild West. But you know, I see a, I see, I watch a good Cowboy. What was the one with England Robert Duvall? England didn't Duval, have a Wild West, did you? No, what was the Robert Duvall? Open Duval? Range. That was amazing. It was really good. Yeah, amazing. Open so there range. you go. About every ten years. Yeah, somebody comes <laughs> up with one. Get a good one. All right, so um, I want to go on to the extras of this uh, fan 
Mm-hmm. Can you smell something? <clears throat> oh, it smells good. I so, put it in the oven. So, um, on this one, you've got um, a picture-in-picture, in-depth picture-in-picture, they call it. Which explores the movie's creation with those who live the real-life saga as well as the custom filmmakers. And we watched it. Yeah, it was good. So, it's, you know, quite frequent pops up during the movie. And, you know, it's pretty much everybody involved and... Including, like, Mandela's actual presidential security guard and stuff, people like that. So if you want behind the scenes on this, and I was hoping there was going to be a commentary, because this is actually better than a commentary, because it's like a mini documentary going on in the corner. And what you're really most interested in is people who live through that The real story, yeah. yeah. Um, And then there's these feature, there's the first feature out, which is about 25 minutes long, which is Mandela meets Morgan, which is the... Actually, Morgan Freeman going to meet with Nelson Mandela for real, and it's a bit more behind the scenes. But you don't get to see him say much to him, but it's quite an intimate you hear him look. talk about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They just look like they're old friends. It's kind of interesting. And he's like, oh, I still recognize you and stuff, you know. Um, so, yeah, if there's this 25 minutes one. Then there's... Um, if you think, if you meet somebody like Nelson Mandela, who's had a massive historic impression, at least on that country... And, and not, not, not undoubtedly the world, really, humanity, even though a lot of people may not know the story and they don't feel touched by it or whatever, right? So then you're Morgan Freeman, you're, you're a dude, you're an actor. You might have some political views or you've done some things that mean something, but really you're an actor telling stories, right? But you meet this guy and then you walk away with what? Like, when Nelson Mandela's dead and gone, does Morgan Freeman then think, in my life, I'm going to keep, I'm going to try even though it's hard in this world to pass on these gem of things I've learned from him? Or is it like, here's this man I admire, I met him, he's dead and gone, and I, it's hopeless, I can't do what, he's, what he wants to do. You know what I mean? Like, hmm. It's highly impactful on you, but how do you keep that... How do you then pretend like you are the one who you gets don't, to pass yeah, it you're on? Just, you just... Live uh, by example. Yeah. So, the other feature is only a six-minute feature, which is Matt Damon plays rugby, which I actually kind of enjoyed, too, because it showed you kind of... It kind of read in between the lines of how he fits in on the film set, though. Yeah. I I feel like I can read between the lines a little bit. I agree, because everybody has to be like, oh, God, here comes Matt Damon, it's Matt Damon, and he's coming on going, hey, guys, I'm just a normal guy. Yeah. (laughs) And they're all like, fuck, it's Bond. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Or whatever his name was in Dogma. I always think, I don't know why I think that movie... Loki, wasn't it? Was he Loki or was he the other one? Um, anyway, so yeah, this is the Matt Damon plays rugby. There's an Invictus movie tra- music trailer, and then there's this 22 minute um, feature, which is presented in the lowest quality I've ever seen on a Blu-ray disc. It's kind of it's weird, jarring. Uh, it doesn't matter. Uh, and it's called the Eastwood Factor, and it's this documentary by um, I'm not sure who it's by. It's by Clint Eastwood looks back on his films and career. It says on the back, but it's. A documentary, it's a segment of a full-length documentary that will be available in a month or so. Um, and I found it absolutely fascinating. Me too. I want to watch the whole thing. Me like, too. Now, it's just 20 minutes of it. And the guy comes on at the beginning and says, this is a shortened version of what you will get. Now, Warner are putting out a um, box set with all of Clint Eastwood's movies in and this Eastwood Factor documentary coming up. It's about $112. Which I said to you might sound like a lot, but no, it's like 35, 35 movies. movies. Yeah, so that is coming out soon. The Eastwood Factor will be included in that box. I think you can get the Eastwood Factor. When does that come out? Separately. It comes out uh, next month. Really soon. Um, and it, that will also include Invictus, because it includes all his movies. So um, 
the the other feature on the Blu-ray disc is um, a digital copy disc. You know, it's really weird because I've not I've not been a fan of my father my whole life. Don't really care. Pretty neutral. But you know, as I get older, and I think he's pretty probably close to killing off one of these years. And even though I'm not that interested. I still think, wouldn't that be a good gift for him? Because he always loved watching Clint Eastwood movies. Oh, that Why would I think that? Yeah. Give him a DVD player and that and say, here you go. (laughs) Haven't talked to you for seven years, but enjoy. (laughs) (laughs) I love movies. You love these movies. There you go. There's our little bridge to gap. Whatever's wrong with us. We don't have to talk. I'm just saying. I hope you enjoy. Now, isn't that a funny thing? Yeah, interesting. Clint Eastwood, bringing families together. Well, that's not exaggerating. <laughs> I'm just saying, own. that occurred to me, like, wouldn't that be a nice gesture? And he would enjoy it. He's probably not seen movies he's directed, but he always seemed to be into those kind of gutsy stories, you know, sort of bullshit machismo stuff. I would like that collection myself, to be honest. Well, too late. I'm already buying it for somebody else. It is my birthday coming up. <laughs> um, so... And I could get off for just $112. So in general, uh, so I overall, the uh, get a deal. it comes with a digital copy also. Um, overall, I highly recommend this I movie. totally recommend um, it. The cover's kind of crappy. I don't like that cover. Yeah. Could, if you left it with this top part and got rid of the bottom part, yeah. I think I'd be alright. Bottom all right part is kind of a spoiler. Or maybe Isn't just... Isn't that bottom part a spoiler? Yeah, but you, all you have to do is look it yeah. up. Um, so. all, really, you could have just shown... Morgan Freeman in that position and that would have been good enough or just the word Invictus just the, yeah, well, well okay here's my question what is Invictus he said it's a poem is it Greek is it Roman it's that poem he says a few times I know but where's it from ships to, so I was gonna look it up but yeah we need to look that up I was completely in love with it at least the line that he said I am the captain, the captain. of my soul that's what I say to people you are I've in heard charge that. I've heard that tons yeah. of times I mean, what I mean is I've heard that poem before. I've heard that part of it yeah the, those two lines but I mean that is how I live yeah. So I look. It's not like I've been. In fact, I've never heard that before. But I'm like, yeah, 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 yeah. Somebody else thought of that before me. Well, you okay. are the captain of your soul. Yep. You are in charge of your destiny. Even though something might be pushing against you, and you may never get there, your mind is yours. So it's a great movie. <laughs> you don't go for any of my bullshit philosophy anymore, do you? Right. you great, just sort of great movie. Stop talking. Highly recommended. What do you think? Highly recommended. Yeah, I would say. Um, I didn't I know what to, when I started watching it. Well, I mean, when I saw it, the the trailer several weeks ago, I wasn't sure where I would feel. And after watching it, yeah. I feel like it was I felt totally like it was going to be a little bit too raw, raw, but it wasn't at no, all. No, not at all. No, in fact, that's what it isn't. It creeps into your psyche, and you decide. I'm either going to watch this as about a sport that I don't know anything about, or I'm going to take on board the idea. Yeah. And I am the captain of my own soul. So thanks to uh, Warner Brothers for the disc, and uh, if you want to go and win some, not this movie in particular. Or the some, World Cup of Rugby. You want to win some <laughs> other movies, go to com and enter the contest. Uh, I've got a few, uh, Halo movie, um, the Red versus Blue, uh, there's a couple, Bass Ackwards. You must have a lot. You give them away every week? Yeah, like we give away um, two or three a month. Mm, right, right. So, uh, yeah, they're all, they're all up there now. I think there's four contests going on right now, so go and win yourself something, aschoolie.com. Um, you didn't write any movie recommendations, interestingly enough. Oh, I didn't? Did you have one? I, I did, and I wrote one down, and then I, my second one's in my head. Okay, so. I forgot. All right, so my, my first, uh, well, before the movie recommendations, next week's review is The Book of Eli. Mm, good. On uh, Blu-ray, um, Denzel Washington and Gary Oldman. Oh, uh, Gary Oldman! 
this week's um, uh, oh. this week's movie recommendations. Mine is the Man with No Name trilogy, which is the Sergio Leone um, spaghetti westerns starring Clint Eastwood. Because I thought they'd be perfect. My other one was the about because I thought of Nelson Mandela being incarcerated for all that time and Morgan Freeman, The Shawshank Redemption. Oh, that's a good one. Which is also possibly, you know, and I said this it might be my favorite Morgan Freeman um, performance. That one's up there too. The Shawshank Redemption. So they're my recommendation. Yeah, but he just does some talking in that one. It's not like a stretch of any kind, really. Good, good, um, Very good. Both good movies. Uh, three, well, four movies for you to watch there. Correct. That could make up for my lack of recommendations. Um, you talk about your stuff, and I will think about my recommendations. Well, you have... Yeah. You got a lot of stuff. No, not really. So uh, this week I've been playing games and A-Schooly stuff. I've been playing Super Mario Galaxy 2, which you saw us play... Um, it's like Super Mario Galaxy but a lot better they kind of stripped away all the uh, story there's like no story anymore Mm. which I like because really does Mario need a story at this point babe somebody else said that you guys all copy each other no I mean does he (laughs) I don't know I mean that's the first I don't play Mario games the first thing I noticed was there was no story because like the opening sequence is they open a storybook and say this is how this is another version of the story you are. It even says that. This is another version of the story you, you've played before. And then it goes on to tell the story of Bowser steals the princess and then you've got to get her back. Because that is the story of a Mario game, right? I don't know. I've never played a Well, Mario every game. single Mario game. You're saying that as I have never played a Mario anyway, game Anyway, every single life. Mario game, Bowser takes the princess, takes her to a castle, you go through the levels, get to the castle, try to take her back, but then... You find out that he takes her to another castle. Princess Peach. Ah. So, this one, Princess Peach gets stolen. You have to go all the way across the galaxy to get it back. Right, right. Right? So, the story isn't there at all. In fact, they've gone back to, instead of a hub world, which they used to have, where you wander around, talk to people, and they give you levels to go into. Now, it's just a straight up, here's a page, and here are all the levels. Choose one and play it. Which is a lot better, because it makes it... It kind of strings together better. Yeah. Because what Mario's about for me is not the story, it's about the gameplay. And this game has some of the best gameplay you could possibly imagine. And, like, the first... Let's say the first ten levels are absolutely different. Like, every level's different. Introduce a new thing. Like, um, he's got all these suits in this game, what Mario can wear. One where he turns into, like, a bee. And he's, and he's like, a honeybee. And uh, he can fly. One where he's like a rock. He can turn into a rock so he can smash things down, you know? One where he's... Cloud. A cloud where that introduces a whole new level of... You can make your own platforms. So that totally changes the the game. Um, so throughout the game, there's all these new things being thrown on. And I'm assuming it, it culminates on all of those things happening at once in a, in a level. Which I haven't got to yet. I think there's 120 stars... You can finish the game at 70 stars. And I think we've got 42 so far. Oh, nice. So, get in there. Um, I highly recommend it. It's probably my favourite Wii game, apart from Trauma Team, which I really dig as well. Um, the other game I've been playing on the Xbox 360 is Blur, which I mentioned last week. But this week I've been playing the multiplayer a lot. In fact, I played the multiplayer so much, I... Um, you know, like in Call of Duty, when you get to level... I think it's 60. 
you prestige. I've talked about this before. Like, and then you start again, basically, but you get a little sign next to your name saying you did it all. Well, I went all the way through Blur this week, up to level 50. And now I'm... They don't call it prestige, they call it legend. So, like, I'm a legend one now. Now, something I really liked about this is they give you avatar awards in the, on the Xbox 360 for getting to this legend mode. So then you can go into your avatar creator in Xbox Live and there's t-shirts that you've unlocked with blur, like I'm a legend. Mm. And I think that's a good move. Like I think all games should do that because I think achievement points, you, you yeah, know. Yeah, but that's just a little you. Yeah, but like you have to buy those that stuff True. for your avatar True. generally. So... If you've bought a game, why not get a few free pieces of clothing every time? Like, you know, if, like if I buy Red Dead Redemption, I might want a cowboy hat. So why don't they give you a cowboy hat for finishing it? Or, you know, that kind of thing. So I, f- I really like that idea. Um, Blur is a fantastic racing game. Like I said last week, there's not many people online playing it. We're hard pushed to find 2,000 people playing, which is nothing compared to the amount. But that's of- a good thing, right? A better quality of group. It's a good thing, but if in six weeks those two th- it's down to 300, that's not a good thing, because you might not be able to get a game all the time. So we'll see. Uh, maybe it'll drop in price, or be word of mouth will say, oh, this is a good game, actually. But it is. It's a really good game. I'm surprised people haven't picked up on it. Uh, so those are the two games I've been playing this week. I've thought of my recommendations. Right. The first one is Goal. Right? Oh, yeah, yeah. The soccer, the There's football. Three of those. Yeah, that's called Goal with an exclamation point, right? And then I don't, I don't know what the other I actually two think the first Goal one. Living the Dream. Yeah, right. the first one. It's called Goal. I don't think living it was released in America. It was like a DVD. No, it was. Was it's, it? It's on a Disney DVD. And then it has two. It's a, a, a story of a dude who is young, falls into soccer, you know, football, and Santiago, becomes, a, becomes a pro. And it's really good. Really well done, the first one. And, I mean, the story's good no matter what, but they try to get a little too flashy. The second two are actually shit. You it think? really took a dive. Like, there's this really bad CG in the second one, if you remember. True. It was really bad. Like, it was like they were... Well, I wouldn't say they're all really bad. It's just that the, the first third one so... was horrible. You didn't even watch the third no. one. I watched it on my own, and I could barely make it through it. It got... It was bad. He wasn't even in the third one. Oh, right. Yeah. Well, the first one, <laughs> called Goal, G-O-A-L. And my other movie that I would recommend is Frida. Which is about Frida oh, Kahlo, yeah. the Mexican artist, and it's really good. I mean, like, it's one of those quality... That's what I was trying to think of, like, a quality, semi-inspirational. I mean, I'm not saying she was, like, a saint or anything, but, I mean, her life and her impact on the art world, or even now, it's a kind of a specific, very specific kind of art. It's called Frida, F-R-I-D-A, and Goal. So, they're American names. All right, so... um those are the two games I've been playing this week, Super Mario Galaxy 2 and Blur, and that's it. I played a little bit of Red Dead Redemption last night, because I'm still going through that. I actually got to Mexico, and what was awesome <clears throat> is when I got to Mexico, I, I unlocked the poncho, which makes your character look exactly like Clint Eastwood in the Man With No Name movies. I mean, it's, it, you can tell that they absolutely ripped it off. Of course. So it's awesome, because, you know, when you're in Mexico as a cowboy, you want to wear a poncho. You don't want to look like the American cowboy. So, yeah, it's pretty awesome. So, yeah, I'm at Mexico, which I believe is the second act, basically, of the whole thing. So, hmm. I only just got there. So, I'm, I'm really letting it take a minute. Marinade. It's awesome taking your time with, the, with Rockstar Games, because I think the stories are really good and there's so much to do. 
There's no point in just... Drifting. You have the same complaint that all these other whiner people have, is that they don't like the story structure because it's too disjointed that you go to meet somebody and then you know that all the little missions you do for them you have to do and then you move on to somebody else and you do all that. I but don't that's mind how that because I feel structured. like I get to know... Like, I've been doing missions for the snake oil salesman recently. And the snake oil salesman, you do all these small missions with him. Kind of like funny ones where you go into a town and he tries to sell the snake oil and you're his decoy. Right. Where he comes to you in the crowd and says, come up here, sir. Like, I've never met you ever. And you're like, yeah. And he goes, take some and you drink some. And then you have to shoot three bottles off a wall. And you have to do it really good. And, like, everybody's like, what? You see, look, it made him a sharpshooter. Right. So you're doing some missions like that for this snake oil salesman. But then this culminates in something... The last mission with the snake oil salesman being like this epic. I mean, it makes. I've heard people say it doesn't make sense why he would hang out with these people. Yeah, it actually does because last night the the final mission with the snake oil salesman, it all makes sense. Right, why right. He needed something from him. Yeah, exactly. It was just a means to an end. That's you know? what I felt even when I heard people complain. Like, well, no, I don't see that. I, I don't. Th- those complaints aren't really valid because if you pay attention. He's interacting with these people for a reason. And he's interacting with the old guy who looks like a corpse who wears the rope for a belt for a reason. This guy can get him something. Right, right. This And what he gets him is actually, you know, he wouldn't be able to do the mission without it. Which is go and find his ex-friends. Anyway, now he's gone into Mexico. And it's totally different. The landscape's different. Obviously, Mexico's different from the States. So it's very different. And... It's a lot more aggressive in Mexico because they don't take kindly to the um, American man. The gringo. Nope. I got called. I walked straight into town. A guy came up, called me a gringo, and then he started saying. And then my character said, well, "I don't really speak Mexican because they were speaking Mexican at him." He goes, "Yeah, but we speak English." We, uh, I'll, t- I'll tell you some English words. Bean eater. And then start saying all these derogatory things. And you're like, oh shit, I'm in trouble here. Like, you right. Know? So it's real. There's a, it deals a lot with that. With the, you know, the racism that exists. That still exists. Like Invictus and, you know. Yeah, of course. In the world. So yeah. It's because a, of individuals. I think it is a really well written story. And I've heard people slagging it off all week. And it kind of bugs me. Because. Because you love it. I don't know if they pay attention 100% of the time when they play it. You know? <laughs> I think that's the deal. So, um, lastly, this week's games, and there's only one because it's it's one week to E3, which is the biggest time of the year if you're a gamer, because next week we will be, there'll be the Sony press conference, the Microsoft press conference, the Nintendo press conference, and you will find out all the games that are going to be coming out this fall, which will be, what, hundreds of games, pretty much. So, there's a lot to be unveiled next week. So this week there aren't many games out, but the game that is coming out is a Green Day rock band. Now I'm not a massive Green Day fan. I can't say because I don't really, I don't feel like I know their music. But I also said this about Metallica and ended up liking Metallica Guitar Hero. So, do you know anything about Green Day? Just that they did that one song. I know American made... Idiot. That's the only song I can seem to like. Time well, the of, one that they time, time of your life. Yeah. Not a bad song, but when it, when you've heard it at several different graduations, <laughs> it's kind of like... A bit cheesy. Let's move on to a new generation of, of a meaningful song. Yeah, boys so, and girls. so, okay, I don't... It really, isn't cheesy. It only is cheesy when you apply it to the same yeah, thing so many times, to unfortunately. A, to a slideshow of um, yeah, yeah, yeah. students. So, 
Yeah, um, Green Day Rock Band. So it's the Rock Band game engine with Green Day implanted in. Now, it's all of Green Day. So they've decided not to choose songs from albums, just do all their albums, like everything. Wow. So that's cool. That is cool. If you're a fan of Green Day. Now, I'm not particularly a fan of Green Day, because, like I say, but there again, I get the feeling I'll play it this week. And go, oh yeah, I know this one, I know this one, I know this one, because that's what I did with or, Metallica. Or, you won't have heard of them and you decide you and do I like, like them. them. Yeah. yeah, so maybe I will want to get their albums. So, I will try it this week, and next week I'll report back to tell you whether I'm a Green Day fan or not. Because maybe I'll be behind... It seems the- like the kind of music you would like, I think. I'm not sure. See, that's the thing. So, uh, one week to E3. I also um, took Kevin Rose's suggestion on Twitter. He was mentioning this new site called Zappos. Well, it's not a new site. <laughs> yeah. It's like an old site. Were they around the beginning of the internet? Yeah, I think they were. But um, they, I was, I've been after a pair of new uh, trainers. Uh, what do you call them? Tennis Sneakers. Shoes. Sneakers. Tennis, tennis shoes. shoes, yeah, um, for a while. And I'm pretty specific what I want. And I like retro. Uh, the interpretation for that is picky. <laughs> yeah. Now, very specific. I like particular kinds of trainers, and whenever I go to like Shoe Carnival or wherever we go in town, there's never the one that I want. Like it's always like oh, I kind of like them; they're all right. But there's never a specific one that is mean. the one I want. Because you know my shoes are very specific. Yeah, so I went on there on that Zappos, and I was like, you know what? I'll look in the retro ca- category because. I don't want these for running in. I just want them for wearing with jeans if we, you know, go out. Which to... was brought on because we're going to my niece, our niece's wedding and you wanted something nicer to wear and you need, wanted some new shoes yeah, and that's what led I'll, you I'll just when we go to a, for a meal or something, just, you know, a pair of casual sneakers you can wear with jeans. Yeah, yeah. Like, I don't want to run in them. So I was like, oh, look at the 80s shoes because I think the 80s was the heyday of training shoes, to be honest. <laughs> now, I worked in the industry of training shoes for a long time and... I bought a lot of training shoes during the 80s because I was into training shoes. And looking back, they're the best training sh- Looking. Do you know what I mean? Like, do you know when you could... Some people say all the cars in the 70s looked awesome. Cars today don't. Yeah. I feel that training shoes had the heyday in the 80s. So I looked and I used to wear these training shoes called Adidas Samoa, which I didn't think would exist anymore. Like, they, I didn't think they'd reproduce them, but they have. So I found a pair and they were 59.99. And Zappos has this... Uh, Free shipping for everything. Their prices are pretty reasonable too. Yep. Free shipping for everything. And if they don't fit, it's also free to send them back. They just uh, There's a coupon in the box. You just stick it on the box and send them back. And I so, was looking and they still have Nike shocks, just like the ones yeah, I wear. Uh, and what's awesome about the site is you can go, I want to I look at all Nikes in orange size 9. Mm-hmm. And you'll see them all. There's no hunting. I know, I love that. Because I went like, um, I want Adidas, black... 1980s and it said here's you know 20 pages of them there's loads of them but um, I really liked it and then what was interesting was I ordered them about two hours later they shipped and I got a UPS tracking number and this was late at night yeah and then this morning I got a thing in my inbox that said Zappos is now following you on Twitter because I tweeted last night like oh I just bought some new shoes from Zappos they must have picked up on that and followed me so so now you're going to follow them are you? Yes. It's a good tactic. Yeah, because maybe they have special offers and they tell you right. on Twitter. And so, I want to find some more orange. I wear orange Nike shocks, you see. I have two pair, but I've wore the they ones. They had some on there. How long have I worn the ones that I wear yeah. every day? Like three, four years? Trainers last me a long time, all, I mean, I wear them every day, yeah. and I'm on my feet 12 hours of, at my job on cement. 
because they're the best shoes for super high arches like I have, and they're bright orange as well, which is kind of hard to come by unless you do that special order thing off Nike.com, but I will definitely keep... They have really bright orange Converse and stuff, but I don't feel like those would be comfortable. They had chucks on there. I mean, not orange, but you could get a different color. They have quite a lot of Mm -hmm. ones. You know, I saw, like, green ones and... You know, different colours. So you might find a pair on that if you look closely. Yeah. They also sell, like, women's designer handbags. They're apparently the leader in that. You know, mm-hmm. the ones that cost a lot of money, but cheaper. Um, but, yeah, it seemed a good site to me. I think I'd buy my shoes there from now on. Um, they sell other things, but it was mainly Not shoes. much. They just some houseware. Well, I guess there is more than... Yeah. It's not on Amazon, but they're, they're specific, but they have a, yeah. kind of a range of things. It's good if you want branded And shoes. what really matters is, the only thing to me that matters about an online site is... Price and efficiency and customer service. And apparently their customer service that's is it. good. That's yeah, what, oh, that's right. the main thing, really. Sometimes even lots of choice isn't the key. Because one site might have just one thing. And if they do it for a good price, they have good shipping rules and whatnot. And they have good customer service. I mean, they have the rules of everything's free shipping-wise. So that's awesome. Yeah. I mean, And I find Amazon to be awesome because everything I buy from Amazon... If I've ever had to deal with customer service, they reply within two hours. It's not like you have to wait all day. They reply, they sort you out. If you want to do an exchange, it's all easy. And it's the same, it seems to be the same with these. We'll see. If these don't fit and I have to send them back, we'll... It's funny, I was watching something on the History Channel the other night, and they were saying, it was kind of like a like a quick history of of America. Like a quick thing from the beginning when settlers came and whatnot. And it kind of really quickly brushed over how the telegraph uh, brushed across the country when the train lines were going in. And then, all of a sudden, this new company called Sears and Roebuck cropped up. And that people were putting in orders over the telegraph and their packages were coming on the train. And a lot of people, it was very controversial because the local merchants were losing business because these people could go to the telegraph office with their Sears and Roebuck catalog order something for cheaper. It's kind of the same as Amazon. Yeah. And I was thinking, so why are people bitching about it now? It's been going on forever. Like, (laughs) it's amazing that local businesses have survived 200 years. History repeats itself, let's say. Well, it's been a constant, hasn't it? And uh, finally, in my little section here, uh, Doctor Who City of the Daleks game. Um, (laughs) So there's a Doctor Who game available from the BBC. It's not available if you don't live in the UK, unfortunately. It's only available to the UK. And the reason being is license payers in the UK wouldn't want something like that to be given free to everybody else. Now, BBC America are going to have it on their site, but you have to pay for it Um, from July, I believe. Uh, I think I think they're going to make the four episodes available, and it'll be ten dollars for all four, which I think is fine because it's four hours worth of game, you know. If it's a good game. Now, the first episode, which I happened to get from somebody in the UK, a friend mm-hmm. of mine downloaded it in the UK, and then happened to email it me. There's no um, <laughs> stopping somebody doing that, I guess. Um, it's fun. It's um, a proper game. It's not a flash game. It's a game game. Um, and the thing about that is that would make you go, yeah, I'll spend ten bucks on that. So yeah, why, totally why do you know what the potential there is? If they did let you do a demo of it in the United States on B, they should really have straight yeah, away. Because you are one of those people. You go, I love if Doctor you, Who. Because if love you Pink. say this is available to the UK, everybody else can have it later. You're just encouraging the piracy. Really, you're right. encouraging people to download it and send it to the friends and stuff. I mean, because why not? I mean, Doctor Who fans are rabid to get new stuff, yeah. right? And this 
is the, the game's called City of the Daleks. The actual story is an episode of this new season in a game. It's better than some of the episodes. Nice. It's a Daleks episode, and you go to the Daleks' home Ooh. planet. Oh my goodness. Yeah, I mean, I was like, you go you, to you the Daleks. You get all wet and bothered for the Daleks. Well, it, it starts <laughs> off in the 1960s, um, where the Daleks have taken over the UK, right? So you see the 1960s in ruin, and the Daleks, you know. And then you go to the Daleks' home planet, which... The way it's portrayed in the game, I understand why they probably haven't done it in the show, because it's too epic. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? But you get to experience something that... Doesn't that kind of ruin that episode for you, then, when we get there? It isn't an episode. It's a lost episode, Oh, you just said it's an episode from this season. It is an episode from this season, but again... Like, so it's not going to be an episode. No, it's a lot. Okay, they call them lost episodes. Like I get what you're saying. Like they do fit in with the timeline and everything. You just won't then see in the, the episodes light. that we watch. Will they mention this adventure? Maybe if they're going to be clever. Maybe. Right. Maybe they'll mention them because they're trying to in- integrate these games into this. And it, they're fun. It's like a real game. They look like who they're supposed to look like. Matt Smith and Karen Gillian do the voices. Um, obviously, the Daleks sound exactly like because the BBC did the game. So. Exterminate, exterminate. Yeah, um, did you see the game at all? It's on your mm-hmm. laptop. You should just take a look at the intro for ins- just to see it, because it, it does look good. And Matt Smith is perfect. I do love Doctor Who. Yeah, and they've even, you know, the credit sequence. Mm-hmm. They even, they don't just show you a video of that. They've rendered it properly. With right. It. It's really cool with the Matt Smith flying out and all that. So, um, if you're a Doctor Who fan... And you're in the UK, It's f- go to bbc.co.uk slash Doctor Who and you can download it for free. This is the first episode of four and they're going to come out every month apparently. Like, um, And then if you're in the US or anywhere else, you have to wait. And if you're a Doctor Who fan and you have Netflix like we do, the other day my nephew and I were looking around for something to watch. We found a 1975 five-part episode of the... Yeah, I didn't know the name of it or whatever. I, all I saw was 1975 and I looked at him like, you want to watch it? And he's like... Yeah. <laughs> so, and it's a five part, but it's all together. All stuck together like a movie. And it's like, I, f- I find it so compelling. I can't, I mean, it's cheesy and it's 1975, so the special effects are what they are. It's like a stage show with like men in big weird rubber suits and shit like that. But the idea and the passion of that Doctor Who guy, he's in it, man. He's totally into it. Tom Baker, it. that one. Yeah, 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 with the big long scarf. I used to watch that when I was a kid, Tom Baker. Yeah, and it was really compelling. And then I watched the first episode of Red Dwarf, which was really good. It's on Netflix as well. I watched the first episode of The Munsters. I was on kind of a thing. Netflix has, a, has recently done a deal with a lot of these TV old TV shows, mm-hmm. so there's a lot more old TV shows. The Red shows Dwarf was is brilliant, really, when we think of the times. And yeah. it's a... Uh, it was a big hit in Britain. I loved it. From. Loved it. Um, so yeah, that's uh, everything I've got for this week. What have you got? What's for dinner? I can smell it cooking right now. I made this sort of like uh, sweet potato and potatoes baked with some mushroom gravy. And then there's pasta salad, which you've already tasted, that has the beans in it. Yeah, it's good. So that's what's for, I don't know what to call it, but that's what it is. Call it pasta salad with beans. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and stuff. And potato And veganaise. Veganaise is in the pasta salad. I was thinking to myself the other day. I've literally become vegetarian because I haven't had meat yeah. for. I can't You're a lacto vegetarian because you still drink yeah. meat, uh, drink I mean, milk and stuff. I don't eat meat. Though. Right. I mean, no. yeah, I drink. I put milk in my tea, and but um, I'm not. It's, I'm not against. No, no. Um, killing animals, to be honest, but I find, for a health point of view, that being 
this has changed my life pretty much. It has. I've lost a mind waver. Not just weight. Like 50, feel better. 55 to 60 pounds now from day to yeah. day. It varies, you know, a couple of pounds. But. So, yeah, we've not had meat for... And then, you know, you bought some boiled ham that's in the fridge. And now, in the past, I would be like, oh, I'll get some of that. I'll have a sandwich of it. Now, I just don't want it. And that has no fat. So, it's not about the fat it, part. No, but I just don't want the meat thing. And then when you get curry from the takeout, I used to always get chicken curry. Well, I had a vegetable curry last time, and it was the same. It just tastes like a curry. It's just not got the chicken part. We're very unpolitical non-meat eaters. Because <laughs> it's kind of like... I just see it for health reasons. That's the I see thing. the world as what it is, and it. I don't approve or disapprove of animals for food. But when you see and you know of... Like, the really wretched things that happen. You just go, uh, I just I don't need to eat part of a pig. I just don't. I mean, you I don't really we, don't. No. We fulfill every nutrition thing we need. You run three miles a day on the treadmill and you've never passed out from lack of anything. You get loads of protein. You get loads of nutrients. I find it's, like, such an adventure. Like with tonight's dinner. I wanted to make the potato stuff with the mushroom gravy. And I, I had to think. You do have to think. Well, we're getting our protein. Well, I'll throw half a can of black beans in the pasta salad. And I might make some of those corn chicken nuggets. You know, like three or four of them. So you kind of bump. And those are really good. Like a crispy little fake. I don't like to use the word fake meat. But it is. It's like a little crispy protein thing. And it's like fun. I don't know. Oh, you've met such resistance from people. I think it's fun to try all different things. It's awesome. And even, you know, when I make up this potato thing, it could be really crappy. A morning star star, um, garden burger. Veggie burger. They're amazing. I think it's called the veggie burger. It is amazing. Garden something is. Is it? Yeah, because I write it down. It's garden burger or something. And yeah. that's what they have at Burger They're King. They're amazing. Sometimes I, when I'm at work, I go to Burger King. That's put what some have. ketchup, mustard, and mayonnaise on. Put them on a bun. You don't even eat mayonnaise anymore. You eat no veganaise. Sorry, and it tastes amazing. I think I find them more enjoyable to eat than I did a burger because I was never a burger fan. Was, and this isn't. We're not saying like. We belong to the cult of the vegetarians. It's I just, just find it works for me. Over a year and a half of time, you've we've undone that like insatiable need for the roast and for the burger and for the hot and the dog and food. for the pepperoni pizza and for the you know. I mean, I still we still eat some junk food. I get cookies and I have a burger from Burger King, yeah, which is the veggie burger. It's the Morning Star veggie burger, actually. With what I mean is, before we would go to. We would have McDonald's and shit. Right, and like last night, I went to my... I wanted a Mexican thing from my favorite Mexican restaurant. I'm like, I ordered a bean burrito, and I said, can you make a burrito out of your fajita vegetables? Because they, like, throw peppers and onions and tomatoes on the grill real fast and then throw it on a thing, and then you make... I said, but can you just wrap... Go ahead and wrap that up with your... With, uh... What else do they put in there? Rice and beans. And he's like, sure. And that was awesome. And I don't know. It's hard to explain to people, though, because they just roll your eyes at you when... Oh, I don't try to. You're not tell saying anybody to anybody. Or, it's just like. No, I don't try to. Um, uh, it works for me. And yes. That's, I, I don't really care. What but we didn't is. think it would. You didn't. No, I didn't think I could ever get off meat. But I, I didn't think I, I totally did have, No. And you think to your? I think to myself sometimes if I did get a burger or eat a couple of pieces of chicken, I don't even know if my gut would how it would react anymore to digesting meat. You know what I mean? Mm. Like. <laughs> Probably weird. Anyway. Uh, and the other thing is apparently I've. Scared everyone off from emailing me because nobody wants a banner. Nobody wants to email you because for the last 124 <laughs> episodes we told them not to email, so maybe they got into a habit. Or maybe now they're like, screw you, I'm not now, emailing you. So. Now they're like, well, she hates us anyway. 
Because last week I said, if you want a banner for a party or an event, you send me an email with the subject line, I want a banner. Let me then, say, less work for you. Yeah, it's not work. I love it. I was looking forward you can to make making me some... It's my birthday coming up. <laughs> I, I will. <laughs> Ooh, you've got a lot of things I can choose from. You love Doctor <laughs> Who, and you love games, and you love movies, and Correct. you are who you are. All right, so is that that it it for this week? All right, thanks for listening uh, to After the Show number 124. You can catch us on our website, sayscully.com, sittalk.com. Catch us both on Twitter, Facebook, Xbox Live, YouTube. You can catch this podcast on the Zoom Marketplace, the iTunes Music Store, or just go to ascully.com, A-S-C-U-L-L-Y.com. Click on the word podcast. Listen to all 124 episodes of the show in, in a, a row. row. In one day. <laughs> you probably couldn't. You couldn't, then. No, you couldn't. Some of them are two hours long. So, yeah, go and listen. Um, tune in next week for our review of The Book of Eli on Blu-ray Disc. And email feedback to me at aschoolyaschoolie.com. Don't email Sid Talk unless you want a banner. Then you can email... They're not going to, though. What can you email? Sid Talk at sidtalk.com. Are you talking like Nelson Mandela? I'm, no, I'm like defeated. Like nobody <laughs> wants a free party banner. That's and I fine. want to say, stay classy, Nelson Mandela, because 90 years old. I can't, I couldn't believe he was 90 years I old. I couldn't either. He's changed a lot of things in this world. You hope. Who knows? I, I feel like he has individuals. I don't know if I'm the big. It's been scale. quite a life. Let's just say that. He reached out to us, and we're around the world. Correct. So I guess that's something I'm going to say. What am I going to say? Think for yourself, because it's your life. And if you don't think for yourself. Somebody else is very willing to do it for you.